Hello, Andy. Happy St. Valentine's, even though it isn't. Oh, yeah, true. It was Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's not, though. It was. It was less memorable than normal because it was on a Monday. Not Does that make a difference? Uh, not in my life, but... You should love someone no matter what day it is. Oh, that's... You know how good that advice is? That is so true. That's good advice? It is. Yeah. Great. Why does Valentine's Day matter? doesn't matter. You know what's funny, though? What? Is that... No, 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 no. I meant... doesn't matter what day St. Valentine's Day comes on. You should love them anyways. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I totally... I got what you... What did you think I said? That's what I thought you said. What did I, I say? Did I, I say something confusing? I don't know. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, before anyways, we, happy St. Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy St. Valentine's Day. Uh, before we get going, I got... Oh, I forgot to get my page open here. Um, we got the... I got some nice feedback on the new logo. Some people were reaching out telling me they yeah, like nice. it. So it's cool. I like it. Um, on the website next month, we're going to have the off-season program posted in March. I'm trying to get it for the first week of March. might be the second week because it's taken me a while to finish all the videos and yep. stuff. But that's going to be up next month. So if you want to do that, it'll be on the site. If you have questions about it, you can send me a message. I also started my own Instagram using my own Instagram. Yep. So if people have specific training questions or whatever, um, you can send it them to me there as well. And what else am I missing? Oh, and then for support for the membership through the summertime, if you want that, we're going to keep that for members only. So if you want to become a member on the site and you want support for the program, you can do that. Uh, if not, that's fine. The program will still be there where you like it or not, but that's the best way to support the show. Uh, cool. That's all I got on that. Okay. So now I, you can go. I wanted to start off. Well, we had a, a, a resume sent in the other day on um, trash talking. A resume. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it's yeah. funny. It's funny. No, it's, I'm, it, it's funny. I, I actually appreciate someone that takes the time to write into us. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, but it wasn't uh, a Coles note version at all. Oh, it was in depth. So, yeah. But interesting that someone would take um, not much time out of their day to ask a question. Yeah. I mean, like, like for us, I mean, it's like, no, I, think, no. I think it's a compliment. It was about on the text. It was about that long or yeah. email, right? I think can, you just, can you just go, good. can you just explain it real quick? Yeah. So basically it was, it was, generically speaking yeah. it was about the topic of trash talk and how yeah. kids should uh, deal with it on the ice um when kids say certain types of things to them if it's a personal insult or like a generic fu or uh you know whatever type of trash talk they go for um how how to kid especially kids do you deal with that because it's part of the game like guys that happens as especially as you start to get older even when you're young though it's funny like you'll get the 10 year olds that use the the hockey slang chirps yeah that they think are funny and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But as you get older, then it actually starts to get more intense. And then, especially as you start to get to know some of the guys and through junior, when you're playing against them for two, three, four years, you can start to get a lot more personal about it and whatever. And a lot of guys, it can get in their head and other guys, not really. Some guys thrive on it. Some guys don't. So it was just kind of a generic uh, question about how do you, how do you deal with it without getting into too much personal detail Yeah, with the trash talk thing. Right. Yeah. yeah I think a couple of things you said, like, um, how do how do you respond? What, what, what kind of trash talk can I use back? Yeah, and uh, how to stop it from getting in your head? So, uh, t to me, it's trash talk is funny. Actually, speaking of that, we got one of our kids that we tease every day because uh, one of the nicest kids ever, and he won't swear. No, nope. like he, we we try to get him to say the f bomb yeah. and and 
won't do you it. know, in, uh, genitalia words and stuff. <laughs> and he won't do it. And we said, do you ever do it? He goes, yeah, on the ice. And then it's got to be extreme, though. Yeah. Um, which is good, though. Yep. Which is good. Not because he's not swearing, because that stuff doesn't bother him. But so as far as a trash talk concern is concerned, it's a, it's a funny thing. My son is uh, is a terrible trash talker, so, so he says. And I said, "Good, don't talk about it." Like to me, it's not, a, not there's no point in it. But he goes, "Like some guys have a silver tongue, right?" Um, but as far as as far as it goes, like this is my thing on trash talk. I'm not a big fan. Um, I th- this is what I say: talk is cheap, and that talk is even cheaper because it means absolutely nothing. Like. Yep. Uh, your mother's your mother's fat. Yeah. Well, she might not be, and she might be. And what does that have to do with anything, yeah. anyways? Right? Like, it's, <laughs> if that's what we're going to play, do play, you're focused on playing hockey, then, then you got a problem. Uh, the other thing I like to just say about this is, is you have two ears and one mouth, two two eyes, two ears and one mouth, and you use them accordingly. And um, if you're out there yapping all the time, you know, you're 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 out of whack. So, so that's the first couple of things I would say is like talks cheap and. Uh, you know, you should do more listening and more seeing, observing than than talking. Um, now, having all having said that, uh, some guys actually just have the gift of trash talking or chirping, and maybe it works for some of them. And I think that works for a very very small few. Very few. For example, Steve Ott. Yeah. He was very good at it, and he'd go right to someone's heart and soul. And, and, and that's what he did, but he was that type of a player, right? Um, so maybe it worked, but then I go, maybe it worked for him, but maybe it didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it got him off his own game, or maybe it got, maybe it didn't, maybe it would been more effective of just being quiet. Um, I think a small percentage of, of people it works for, and um, I think a lot of the times it backfires or it actually gets you in trouble. And this is the biggest thing about that. Like, so... Here's where I would say maybe it starts, it, it can begin. So when I coached my, when I coached youth hockey, it was a rule that I had right early on is none, yeah. zero talking. In fact, the way I look at it, especially in youth hockey, because your brains aren't organized enough and you, you, you have to focus on the game. So I just said to my guys, if I see you chirping someone, you're in shit with me. I don't need you talking to the other team because to me, it takes your focus away from playing the game and it puts your focus on having a better comeback or a better chirp. Yeah, for sure. So now you're now you're focused on other things instead of just being a good hockey player. Now, where I think it might start being acceptable, not even acceptable, but where you can start using it to your advantage is once you get to junior college pro, because you get a little bit more of a brain. Yeah. And there's a game within the game. But even then, I would say that... Uh, Trash talking, chirping is um, probably going to backfire you get you in trouble. Well, it definitely increases your chances of getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because what well, define trouble. What do you mean by trouble? What just kind? in trouble. Like by just saying the wrong thing because there are so many, and I'm not saying this in a, in a negative way, there's so many rules in life that you can't use any, like even in the OHL, you can't say a derogatory thing. Yeah. In fa- well, you can't say a derogatory thing because there's so many rules. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but when I played, you're allowed to say anything to anyone. Right. About their mom, their girlfriend, their whatever, their yep. whatever orientation. Not that you were allowed, but it was 
It was you just weren't, tolerated. You weren't going to get yeah, fined. Yeah, there was no fine. There was no suspension. There was no repercussions of just running your mouth right. off, right? So Dalton Prout was telling me, like, when he was playing in San Jose, I'm not going to use the word, but he used a word that sounded like a word. Yeah. And the ref went up to him, and he goes, what, 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 what? But if the ref says, no, 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 that's what you said, that's yeah. a racial slur or yeah. a derogatory slur, you're right. gone, and it might not have been what you said. This is what you said. Yeah. So my other side of this, before I go any deeper into it, is just in life, sometimes you just want to blurt something out to somebody or you want to say something, but if you step back and just say, if I say this, what are the consequences? Right? Like, yep. well, I wanted to talk. You, you, you kind of held me back on that. I wanted to talk about a couple times over the months how much I – the COVID thing, rules and stuff, pissed me off. Yeah. And it was like, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Everyone has their feelings. But if I say it, then you, you now you're throwing it out there. You can't take the words That's back. Right. Yep. So I just find like, so there's so many times, if you could just, like I said, you got your one mouth, two ears, two eyes, use them accordingly. Like use that when you have to. Well, the other side of it too is then, you've mentioned this before when we because we kind of have talked about this before, but you were saying how it, it starts to put a target on your back when you're the guy that's always yapping yeah. the, uh, when you play against other teams and then especially once you get to junior and uh college pro when guys will actually come and ring your bell yep it can start you can start to get into some trouble that way as well whereas in minor hockey like in minor hockey nothing's gonna happen like a guy tells you he's gonna kill you and it's like you know you're not yeah just shut up yeah but as you start to get older and kids start to get more aggressive you might get a kid that whacks you in the head with a stick you yeah. can find that. Yeah. That could happen. Happens a lot. So if you if you uh, you just run your mouth and you think there's going to be no consequence of doing that, then yeah. um, you're wrong. Yeah. And you'll find out more as you get older. So yeah. it's not. I, I'm on the same page with you. Like I don't think it's the right thing to st- start to fit, like make that some kind of focus. Like I need to get better at trash talking. Like I don't. I just don't think that's no. Necessary. I, I so I I just I just say don't don't speak because I feel like if I'm focused on playing against you and I have to chirp you, I feel that it takes energy and focus away from me mm-hmm. and it may even spark energy in you. Yep. Why would I want to do that? Right. Right. If I, if I get you upset to, that you start taking your thing to another level, you just made my day harder and maybe it works. Maybe I hurt your feelings. I don't know. But for the most part, it's just a waste of energy. So I like to say, and I love it. Like, what will frustrate anything more? If you're chirping me, what frustrates you more than anything is I don't do, I don't say anything. I ignore it because you don't matter to me. You don't, you, your stupid talk does not matter to me. So why am yeah. I even going to engage? And furthermore, I'm just going to play. Yeah. I'm going to just do my job and play. So now you could try to get me off my game all you want with your words but I'm just going to put the puck in the net. I'm going to hit you harder. I'm, I'm going to. I'm just going to come out and play and focus on my mission because that's really the only thing that matters. Yeah, I remember you that. Know what I mean, I remember that the transition from because when I played AAA youth hockey, I didn't. I wasn't really a chirper guy. And then when I got into junior, I started to a little more. But yeah. that's because we could actually fight. Yeah, that was the only reason I was down for doing that because then we can actually fight now. If you keep yapping, 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 we'll fight. Then we got, I got to college and nobody fought anymore. So then I stopped again Yeah. because guys would say that like, I'll beat you up. I'll do whatever thing they're going to do. And I was like, no, you won't. Like you got a big nose. Like so that's s- what you got. Speaking of that, yeah. I was going to save this to the end, but you just threw it out there. So you and I were at a game the other night, an OHL game. <laughs> yeah. And this is what trash talking is like. So basically 
like as you said, you you can talk all day. Talk's cheap, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather have you focus on your game and your mission and the task at hand. Mental toughness is focusing on the mission, which you're supposed to do. And and whatever a guy says to you has zero value until you choose to give it value to you. Yep. That's right? right. So if you choose to have someone hurt your feelings and get you upset on their words, then that's on that's on you. But it should it shouldn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, quiet confidence. Get the job done. It's hard to chirp a guy who's play, who's performing. So you get to chirp me all day if I put three bucks in the net and hit three guys and do my job extremely well. What, what are you gonna do, right? Um, so I wouldn't spend too much on the chirp. Um, so we were at that game. Okay, wait. So before you go to that, I want to stick on the because I know we're gonna start to bleed out of it a bit. If if you're the kid that's getting chirped and it's actually bothering you, I would just want you to talk about that a little bit, a little bit more. So if you're the kid that when guys are chirping you, it's actually getting in your head or you don't know how to handle it or whatever, just stick on that particular point for a sec. If you're the kid that is getting chirped now and it's actually affecting your life, what's the, what's the thoughts on that? I don't have a strategy for that. You have to eliminate it. Yeah. I, I mean, they're just words. Would you have to put a, maybe grasp an understanding that someone is just trying to get you off your game. That's all they're trying to do. Yeah. There's no other reason, right? Yeah. Well, the only so, thing I would say is if they're if they're chirping a specific, so if they're just telling you to f off or whatever, that's yeah. that should roll right off you. If they're making a personal insult about your family member or whatever, they don't know who you are, so that shouldn't matter either. If they're chirping a particular skill or something that you're not good at, th- this is where I think kids can actually start to be affected by it because they'll they'll know they're not good at that thing. And now somebody's pointing it out to them. And all I would say about that is, well, you know you're not good at that thing. So you have to get better at that anyways. So it shouldn't be yeah. something that hurts your feelings or whatever. It's like, you know, that's something that you need to get better at. So you need to work on that anyways. So regardless of the three types of chirp they throw your way, you should be able to either let it roll off. Or if it is an actual weakness of yours, you already know. So yeah, you have yeah. to go work on it. Like, yeah, but no... that's, what, that's what a good chirper does. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like Brad Marshawn. You think, what do yeah. you think people talk about to him? Like, the first thing they go is his nose, a big schnoz. 100%. He knows he's got a big nose. Like, okay, so what? Yeah. Can't skate. Well, like, you just you have to learn to ignore it. Like, it just doesn't matter. That's that's my whole point. Yeah. And then, you know, deep down inside, if it bothers you, because a chirp, that's what, it, a chirp that hurts you is because they got the, the core of you, right? Yeah, that's right. So if someone knows something about you and they, they get under your skin about that, it's because it's probably true. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can't get hurt by something that's not true. Well, that's but when what they... I, in, in college, I used to do that because yeah. after when I figured that no one's actually going to fight when we're yeah. playing college now, yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah. I would start chirping like personal things. Like I would yeah. try to hurt their feelings. Yeah. So they'd come at me all mad or whatever. So yeah. I'd make fun of their teeth or their yeah. hair or yeah. something that's obviously not yeah. great. Yeah. And that, that is something that I was doing to try to personally hurt their feelings. Yeah. I was trying to do that on purpose. Yeah. And that's what, it's exactly right. That's what chirps yeah. are, are for. Yeah. So if that's something that you're going to allow to get under your skin, then you're not really understanding the game. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. So. Yeah, you just can't. I, I mean, there's not. I don't have a psychological strategy yeah. except for saying, yeah, like when, when I played, I wasn't six foot two, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we played in North Bay and I was, I'm not short by any means, right? <laughs> not insecure about it at all. <laughs> no, I'm not short by any means, but we played, we had first, my last year with Sudbury Wolves, we went from green and gold uh, uniforms, their jerseys and shit to blue, gray, and white. And uh, me and one of my line mates, who was, he was about 5'8", like shorter than me. 
And uh, when we got off, we were coming off the ice onto the bench. He sat. He always just oh, he was a good chirper. Oh, yeah. Couldn't you, you? No way you keep up with this guy. Yeah. He called us the Smurfs. <laughs> you know, and that's and it's almost like yeah, yeah. You, I, I have I don't even have a comeback yeah. because I'm actually not six feet tall. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, I, oh, I don't even have anything. You got right. me. But those are, that's what they go for. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, you just have to combat it with, with, uh, with the way you play, with the yeah. way you play. You have a muffin of a shot and someone's chirping your muffin of a shot, like, whatever. It's just the obvious. Well, yeah, go and work on it, not to please him, but to make you better. Yeah. But to, uh, um, yeah, just to make, it, make you better. But, yeah, that's the way it goes. But don't yeah. spend much time on... Being a good chirper, it's irrelevant in hockey. It makes no difference whatsoever. Um, so you're going to say we, the OHL game? That we were oh, at. yeah, that OHL game. So it was a classic example. Oh, yeah. So we're watching, and we were um, behind the penalty boxes, kind of. No, we were right behind the penalty boxes. Yeah. And there's a skirmish going on beside the penalty boxes. And we and you said, oh, here we go. And I go, no. Yeah. No. Guys don't do this anymore very often. Yeah. So couple pushes and shoves and every, everybody had a chance to go at each other. And then the, the refs came in, broke things up. And then as soon as they broke up, started going to the box, guys are chirping. I, I'll kick your, I'll kick your ass. No, you won't. Yes. I, you had your chance. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done it. And I'm not just saying like the fighting piece, but you're in the penalty box separated by scorekeepers and refs and all that stuff, and now you're telling this guy how tough you were when you could have done something about it if you're tough. That's right. So, like, I, I, I'm sitting there going, look, right? We're sitting there going, oh, yeah. look Start at this laughing. crap. Like, look at this. Well, yeah, because the play, the next play started, and we're looking in the box. They each have four guys in the box, helmets off, facing the crowd, yeah. chirping each other, just trying to be beauties. With, with passion, yeah, yeah, how yeah. tough they are. I know. And it's like you, you, four seconds ago, you guys were out there and could have beat the shit out of each other, and you yeah. didn't. No, you didn't even. So it's just pretend. Not even close. Pretend. Now, having said that, yeah. like I said before, you're going to walk into a guy that's not pretend. So I'm not saying that everyone is full of shit, but especially in minor hockey, yeah. until you get up into junior where guys have some experience fighting, most guys are just full of shit. And yeah. that's what I found out when I started playing junior is even in junior, you can call bluff a lot of times yeah. on guys, yeah. talking all, t- all tough. And then if you actually go and do something, they don't do nothing. They shut right down well, that's until you find the one guy that'll, you know... <laughs> Beat the piss out, which yeah. has happened. Oh no, no, no. you got to be ready. Yeah. Like if you're gonna, you got to be able to back it up. Yeah. That's what Steve Ott said. We were, we were sitting over there, and I just asked him a few questions and stuff. And that's what he said. He goes, "Everyone bluffs." He goes, "Most guys are gonna bluff." Because if I say I'm gonna punch you in the head or I'm gonna stick you, I'm probably not gonna tell you. But if I tell you, it's coming. Yeah. Where other guys will do that for 38 games straight, right? Yeah. So, for sure. Uh, yeah. So if it's uh, if it's what you focus on, you're in trouble. Just play hard and let your play speak. Um, I just talked about that. Uh, oh yeah. And really, this is a, this is really good advice is just beware of the quiet guy. And there, there's so much power in that. Yeah. So someone's chirping you, someone's chirping you. He's probably not backing it up. The bigger the mouth, the, 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 the less of a fight he's got in typically, you know what I mean? So be the quiet guy. Let someone chirp you, skate away, just ignore them. It'll drive them nuts and go perform. But the quiet guy, when you're chirping him, he doesn't say anything and he plays hard. That's the guy you don't want to be pissing off too much because that's typically the guy that will clean your clock 
Yeah, especially if talk it's one of those is, kids that is talk plays is hard. Che- talk is cheap. If it's a kid that plays hard and doesn't say anything, yeah, for sure. I found that a lot too. It's mysterious, right? Yeah, that's right. Why am I not bothering you? And that just comes. They either hit you with a hard hit and leaves you, you know, crumbling. Yeah. Or it's a, just a hard shift every time, and it's like he ain't backing down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, doesn't have to sure. prove anything with his mouth. Yeah. The point. mouth is like this gets you in trouble. Just gets you in trouble. That's that's the problem. It's, it, no matter what you do, you, you, if you're better off not saying something than saying something. You can get a suspension. You can get a two-minute penalty. You can be misunderstood. Uh, all get these different things. Get your ass kicked. Yeah, then you can get, yeah, you, you open your mouth to the wrong person, right? So it's yeah. just better to sh- close the mouth. Focus, and this is very important. Focus. Keep your brain on playing the game. And, and I, I probably can't, can't say that enough to the younger kids to the junior kids, like to anybody, is when you're in the game, it's the only thing that matters right now is it's what's inside the glass. The only thing that matters to you is making your team better, focusing on your job. And it's the second that um, you can't skate, your your shot is a muffin, whatever. As soon as that goes out here and you start, that's outside of your, your focus, now you're distracted and your performance will suffer. I don't care how mentally tough you think you are. You think it gives you energy? It probably doesn't. The odd guy, the odd yeah. guy, for sure, they make a living on it, but that's what I'm saying. Brad Marchand can do it because he makes a living at it. But look what happens. He gets suspended because it, all you the time get because out of, control, of stupidity, yeah, sure, right? Yeah. Licking sure. guys' faces and stuff because yeah. you take it to different levels, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just shut the bush and, and, and play the game. Focus on what you need to focus on. And that's what should be going in your head on the bench. When you get off a shift, you should be going... Get your breath. Focus on your things that you need to do next. Focus on what's important now, right? Yep. What's important That's now? That's it, man. Anything else is sucking the life out of you. Um, but what I would say for like for the, for the dad that sent that in, it's a good opportunity for like. There's a lot of times in the game where you just you, not much you can say as a dad if you haven't played, right? Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. You don't know the game or. You're not the coach, but this is actually good conversation time that doesn't only help your kids hockey, but it helps them in life. So uh, it's a good lessons in life. And, you know, you, you, you just teach those things we said. Like the, the, the more you have of your mouth moving all the time, the less people hear you, right? Quietly go about your business. Think before you speak, all those kinds of things. And, um, and if you want to frustrate, frustrate someone, say nothing. That's, yeah, and, that's and all that's, I have to say about this. Well, yeah, and that's that's a good point to end on for the parents too, because kids know this. Even at if you go to school, or even at, if you're at work as mom and dad, there's always a guy that just freaking won't shut up. Yeah, and that person is it always ends up being a net negative when you go into any situation. Yeah. Very rarely is a guy that's always talking, not annoying to everyone else. So it could be when you're at school in class, or whether you're at work in your job, whatever. There's somebody that just doesn't shut the hell up ever. Yeah. That's actually a problem. Yep. Now, there's a time and a place that you can... I'm not saying you can never speak, obviously, but the way that you speak and how much you do it and when you do it, it's oftentimes, even when you run across someone who's a really great leader, a lot of times there'll be someone who's a little bit more quiet, but when they speak, everybody listens Yeah. kind of thing. It's not yeah. always just the guy that's talking. So the little lessons like that, that's a good point to end on for that for that yeah. topic. And then and then not... I'm going to go one more because I always have to go one yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But like you apply this to life. Like I can't tell you how many times I thought I was with somebody just having a conversation and I said something with no ill intent or maybe there was like maybe that guy bugs me and that person went out and said it got out. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I didn't 
I didn't mean it like that. Like, if you yeah. would have just not said it, can't like mummy always says, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. But we, we have mouths and it's like, this is this, they, it can destroy you, right? Or it could help you yeah. if you use it in a positive way. But if you just think before you speak and ask, is there any consequences for me saying this? You might not, it'll, it'll save you trouble, yeah. right? It'll save you a lot of yeah, trouble. Definitely. So, cool. So that's that. Good and then, um, that. so what I wanted to talk about next, like it was very ironic. Um, so we were going to talk, what made you come up with the recipe for it? It was just like conversations with people. Well, we were talking, I can get into, we were, I was talking to the guy at the, uh, yes. At the rank. Do you want to tell that story or do you no, want to go ahead? So, so the other Not day, at the rank, just some guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the other day, uh, we had a guy come in and he comes in to shoot the shit. Sometimes we were just talking and his kid is young and plays triple A. Yeah. And we were just getting into the whole conversation about development, especially as when the kids are young, moving up through hockey and what the best strategy is yeah. to get the most out of hockey. And we're, we're yapping back and forth. And, you know, he's talking about some of these kids who are so good at the 10, 11, 12 year old age. And it seems like they have a leg up and they're doing the right things and they're going to all these different skates and places and tournaments and they're getting invitations to do special things and all this kind of stuff. And we ended up talking about his kid and how his kid's a lot more subtle. He's good at his position, but he's not flashy. And he made a comment that, you know, that's not the stuff that gets you noticed. And a lot of people think that. Yeah. A lot of people think that. And this is in the context of the age that we're talking about, because obviously flashy stuff can get you noticed. I'm not saying that it doesn't get you noticed, but when you're young, a lot of times what I find is the best players are mostly the kids that have some early advantage in some respect. So the kid might be the biggest or the fastest skater or have the best shot or hit puberty early or whatever their advantage is over the Skated rest of the kids. They're two yeah, and they're right? eight years old and they're pretty comfortable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, developmentally there's a lot of variables when you're a kid because the development gaps are so big depending on the age and where you're at and how much experience you have and all that kind of stuff so he was saying that you know this isn't the stuff that gets you noticed and i was saying if your kid knows how to play hockey properly that is what's going to get him noticed when he's older when it actually matters yeah. so just because your kid is the biggest or the fastest or can raise the puck first of course you're going to score all the goals and you're going to look like you're the best player on the ice but that doesn't mean you know how to play hockey Having a skill that's just elite relative to the rest of your group, that's something that can make you look like you're the best guy on the ice, and you are for that time, yeah. but that doesn't mean you know how to play the game properly. Yeah. And it's a much better strategy to learn how to play the game properly so that when things even out around 14, 15, 16, and everyone can skate, and everyone has a hard shot, and everyone knows how to play a different type of competitive game because now they're older, now that stuff is going to start to make you stand out because you actually know how to have stick on puck and break plays up and turn pucks over and make a good first pass and shoot with some intention when you're shooting. Because you'll see like some of these kids, if you have the best shot ever, for example, when you're 10, if you can go raise the puck, you'll score every shot. But when you're 13 or 14 and you raise the puck every shot, well, a lot of times it's the goalie's just going to glove it and it's nothing. So that 30, 40, 50 goal kid when he's 10 is now a 0, 5, 10 goal kid when he's 14. And now he's yeah. not the best anymore. And he doesn't know how to play properly. Yeah. So that was the context of our conversation. Yeah. And what I ended up saying to him at the end of it was, 
if you think there's a step-by-step recipe process, whatever you want to call it to get the most out of hockey, there isn't, Yeah. there's no recipe. Like the, you can find a kid who played triple a from day one that made the NHL. You can find a kid that didn't play triple a till he was 14. That made the NHL. You can find a kid that played double a, went to junior C, then got a scholarship and then went, you can, there's a path for everyone. And then you can find the reverse. Like a kid like me, I played triple a from day one, didn't make it. Yeah. I did camps that were appropriate. I went to high quality training all the time. I didn't play all kinds of spring hockey and I, it didn't work. A bunch of kids that I played with, they went to all the camps. They played AAA from day one. They did all the spring hockey. They did all the special tournaments. They did all the invitational everything. And they stopped playing when they were 12 or 13 yeah. or yeah. 15 or whatever. You know, So that was kind of the framework of, of the conversation. And then that kind of bleed into what happened last night here, which was interesting. Yeah, so just be, well, we would have they, we would have got that call before that conversation yeah. you had. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a, uh, a message for someone that they wanted to talk to us. The parents would like to talk to me. So I'm like, first of all, the typical response that I had is, because uh, I didn't know them. And my typical response is, okay, here's a crazy couple. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But they wanted to come and talk about their kid, their, their son. I'm not going to say the age because it it's a, actually was appropriate. Yeah. And, um, and they came in last night and they were, what a wonderful family. And what I loved about it was, and then we told them, I told them last night, and I think you popped in at that point, that it's ironic because we were doing, and the person listens to our podcast, and just a wonderful family, beautiful family. So he came in and uh, we told them that, ironically enough, we are speaking about what we're talking about last night. So they just wanted to know, like, what's the, what do we do? So they were innocent parents. This is what I liked about it. Because most times it's people are just looking for the the answer they're looking for, but these people have a kid that's a pretty good player, and they they just want to know what are what do we do? Because dad has never played uh, hockey, mom's has, doesn't have a clue, and they just want to do the right thing for their kid, and they, so they they asked if they can come and talk to me. So as they came in, uh, I just. I was I was laughing because I could tell they weren't there for like uh, the intent wasn't because they wanted me to say oh your kid's a star do this this and this you know this will get them there they just said well, I, we don't know we got all kinds of people telling us we need to do this this and this yes. and this okay what were we gonna okay say? so I just want to jump to sharp because before we were saying we're putting bets on the crazy family and the reason we're we say we're saying that is because normally people that come in to talk with you yeah. are more they are looking for the the sneak the sneak play or yeah. the undercover yeah. trick that Which they really, can do. What do I, yeah. what, what, what do I really need? Like, what did Charlie do? What yeah. did you do, Charlie? Yeah. Really? What actually is yeah. what I need to do? And that's yeah. normally the attitude that we yeah. get. So when we're talking about, that's more mostly what we mean when we're yeah. saying we're talking about crazy. But what was beautiful about this is this is literally what this podcast is for. Yeah. This is what we are trying to do. Yeah. That, like people that don't know, like what an excellent use of the resource yeah. by this family. And it was impressive yeah. that they did that. They had questions, yeah. they had actual questions. They wanted yeah. to have an actual discussion yeah. because there's the way you put it last night is there's a lot of noise. Yeah. There's a lot of noise. And that is what this is for. So it was awesome to see. And it was great. It was yeah. great that they uh, could get their questions answered with some real advice that actually yeah. transfers to real life, not yeah. just bullshit fluff that people yeah. make you feel like you have to spend all this money to do all this stuff. Yeah. That really is not consequential at all. You know? It was funny because that's one of the first things he said. He goes, 
it's weird because it's almost like you don't want business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did say that. Because yeah. you keep pushing people away. I go, yeah, I don't need. If I if I if we took everybody that we could, I mean, I can, I, I told him I said I could fleece you, man. I could fleece you, big time. You need this, this, and this. But I said it's not true. So we were very honest. They're very helpful. So, anyways, the bottom line was, we said that there is no recipe for success unless we told them. You know, we gave them some good advice to move forward. But the advice was, let your son play. I told the kid, I said, you just enjoy hockey, son, and you work as hard as you can and as passionate as you can possibly be. And when it gets hard, if you really love hockey, it's going to shine through. And you got a few more years before to see before you even see if you're a hockey player, mom and dad. All this stuff that people are telling you to do, you don't need to do it. If you ever choose to come to one of my camps when it's appropriate, we'd love to have you if, if he fits. And if you don't, I'm not offended. Um, but right now, just go play the game, play other sports, practice as much as you can. You don't need personal trainers and all these different things. Just go and enjoy it. And the, I, I believe, I really do believe that they're actually going to listen. And we use the example. I, I gave them four, four examples of Charlie's age group of people that just – listened 100% and they've all got their school paid for. Yeah. And on that point too, it's not because we're Jesus Christ, like you said, and we know all the answers to everything. That's not what we're saying. You can do what you want, Yeah. but there's a reason, there's a reason that experience in the playing the actual game and being around the game matters. Yeah. And that's what we're, we're speaking from experience for you. You more, much more than me having trained thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of kids Yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of really good players and hundreds of guys that played in the NHL, played yeah. college, played in the OHL. Yeah. You can, you would, if anyone was able to know the pattern, it would be somebody that's like you yeah. that has trained all these kids. If you had a step-by-step -step recipe that you could yeah. give people, you yeah. would have it. And there just isn't one. You no, know, there, there's, is, there isn't, man. There's a there couple isn't. things that you can do that increase your chances. And what you said to the, to the parents was, you can give him opportunity and support him. Support him. And as the kid, you just have to be really passionate about the game. Work as hard as you possibly yeah. can. And we talked about the environment a bit as well yeah. that you put yourself in. Yeah. And that's going to give you the best chance. Yeah. And that's that might not even work. And that might not work yeah. and it might be might not work for you. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. so there's just not there's no there's no do these ten things and yeah. you'll get exactly what you want. Well, I think mom really related at the end of it, right? Because I, I, I kept saying that and I think hopefully other people can understand this. I asked, her, I asked them what they did for a living and she's a professional, like a very, uh, really unique job. Like a very, like it's a hard, you, you, she told you what yeah, she yeah. did. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's focused. It's, it's similar to what you do in engineering and stuff. And uh, I said, well, the best example I could give you is yourself. You know, remove hockey from it. Look at yourself. I don't know if your mom and dad helped you pay for school. She goes, no. I said, okay, that's even better. But you you did it yourself. And there's probably a lot of times where you wanted to quit. It was getting too hard. Uh, the only one that could motivate you was you. Yeah. said, so if your parents were sitting on the sidelines saying, go, 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 and, and doing all these things, it didn't matter. You wanted it. You did it. You You accomplished it. And only you know what it was like to be in that top echelon of people that can do that profession. And she goes, that's true. Yeah. 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 That's There's nothing anybody could have done except like maybe what helps is that you have family that is encouraging and maybe right. it doesn't. But the right. bottom line, that doesn't even matter. Yeah. The, what matters is that the specific individual wants to be 
that. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's just more it's more likely. Yeah. If you have a good support system yeah. and whatever, but like you're saying, you can find the kid that had no mom and dad yeah. that grew up in the slums and yeah. made it. Yeah. Like like Starbucks guy that started Starbucks or whatever, right? Yeah. Grew yeah. up on the other side of the yeah. tracks and made it work. Yeah. And obviously that's an extreme he was example. Hungry, man. But he was hungry. And yeah. then you can find the same guy that was born in the slums that tried to do it and didn't. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just there's no it doesn't matter what you do, but there are yeah. things you can you can try to do to give yourself the best chance or give your kid the best chance. And that's just support opportunity and trying to make sure that they're in a good environment. And then it's up yeah. to the, the kid to do the, to do the work, you know? Yeah. Well, like, so, so we said, this is, there's no recipe for doing it. Like if you bake a cake, I mean, there's different variations of cake, obviously I'm not a chef, but <laughs> there's uh there's, you build, you make a cake, you need salt, you need eggs, you need, you know, I think <laughs> <laughs> you need cake, uh, but there's a, there's a recipe that you follow and you'll get something. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, so, but that's not a hockey part. It could be anything. Yeah. You could be too tall, too short, not short enough, right? like yeah. whatever it is. You, you seen Marcel Dion or Brett Hall. They were like heavier. Yeah. But they could play. Phil Kessel appears to be, uh, you know, feels like he doesn't, yeah. it looks like he doesn't give a rip. Yeah. He looks like he's out of shape. He doesn't appear to be a hockey player in any way, but he's a phenomenal player. And the guys that I know that know him say that in the gym, he's an absolute animal. And he actually really, really cares. It just doesn't show that way. So you don't know what you're getting until yeah. you open the box and right. let it go. So um, maybe the exception to the recipe would be uh, to productively work hard. Productively meaning... As you're as you're going through the, first of all, work hard, understand what working hard is, and then productively work hard so that you know you're you're working on um, little things that are going to make you better, finding your deficiencies and working on those things, uh, making sure that you're working on things that are going to improve your whatever skills, yep. and productively practice, like go there with a purpose, like go in there and I'm going to work on one or two, three things every day, and if you do that, that's that's, I think it's pretty necessary. Although, I'm going to go into the Wellwood story in a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not always true because right. some guys' talent over overrules everything. Yep. And sometimes if you're just that talented, you, you don't have to do any of it for a while. It'll yep. catch up to you, but yep. that's the exception. So, um, so I wanted to – I think we talked about this before at one point, but anyways, if there was a recipe, back when I played, Wayne Gretzky's recipe was – his backdoor rink, his outdoor rink, a little kid, and then skating on the river and hours and hours and hours and going through, you know, pylons and doing his little things. Well, is that the recipe? Well, a lot of people did it. I did it. I didn't turn out to be Wayne Gretzky, so that didn't work. Yeah, right? seriously. Yeah. Um, Matthews, we talked about this, is the small area. When he grew up in Arizona, he grew up in a place where there wasn't a lot of hockey players, so they did a lot of three-on-three -three small area stuff. And, well, if that's the recipe... That doesn't work because it worked. It, it worked for him, or did, was that why he did it? Because we do our three on three. I've been doing it for twenty years. Three on three, cross ice, small areas, and integrate it with skill and stuff like that. And I, I haven't trained anybody like Austin Matthews, or I haven't trained that. If there, if that was a true recipe, then we would have hundreds and hundreds of plays. Well, we take over the NHL because we've been doing it for twenty years. Yep. Does it help? Absolutely. It's a tool. Um, McDavid was the pep, right? These things are not what made the hockey player. Yeah. And, sorry. Yep. And Ekblad was power tech. Yeah. 
And so there's there's a good example. How many kids come and train at Power Yeah, Tech? exactly. Air and neck there's one, skate there's with one, me forever. Yeah, there's Private a, lessons, one small air and neck groups, plaid. and and uh, everything. Yeah. So if Power Tech was the recipe, yeah, then we'd have a million air and neck plaids. Yeah, everybody would be right a first overall defenseman. Yeah. You know. So I wanted to point that one out too because that's directly yeah. that's us. Like yeah. we're, we're Power Tech. It's not the recipe. Yeah. You know? That's right. So yeah, that's that's a very good point. I don't really say that too often, but yeah. that's very true. But they made it because they are who they are. Um. Aaron growing up was always a, a, like a bigger guy, like a kind of a gangly skater, but he had the brain and then he had a skill set that matched it at some point. But uh, he's Aaron Eckblad, that's all. And, you know, people may have questioned a little bit uh, two years ago if they all oh, maybe it was not, shouldn't have been first overall, but he's proven what he is now. He's a great player. But yeah, he did my system. Yeah. That's, that's what right. he did. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and I will still say, even though I train him and I know him and I want him to do well, I, I don't think he's a great skater. But that doesn't, didn't stop him from being a first overall pick. So does you have to be a great skater? Well, you're supposed to, but why is he not? Why is he not a beautiful skater like his defense partner, not partner, but, you know, uh, a depth defenseman like Radko Gudis who's a great skater, but he can't put pucks in the net or get points. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it, there's, no, there's no recipe for it. And the thing is, is that these guys... I do believe that Connor McDavid doing his pep gave him, allowed him to do a lot of stuff with speed and, and stuff like that, but he skates like no other. It's not because of a toy on the ice. Yeah. And Matthews is not uh, one of the best hockey players in the NHL because he played cross ice three on three. Right. Right. And, and, and Gretzky wasn't the best. They have a brain They have, there's something special about these guys and that's what it is. So when we look at someone's, what they did, yes, you can look at it, but you have to understand that that's not the only reason that they made it. Right. Right. There's well, no and, and one of the on that point, we're also what we're not saying, what we're not saying is that doing any of this stuff is going to hurt you. Number one, no. that it's not a good no. thing to do. We're not saying that, and we're not saying to do nothing. Yeah. We're not saying either of those things. So I don't want people to listen to this and think that we're saying, okay, well then just I won't do anything. As one, as That's one probably point. a bad idea. Yeah, and I don't want you, people to think that if you go do pep, that you're doing a bad thing. Like yeah. that's not what we're we're not no, saying not that. So make sure you just be clear about what our message is here. When yeah. you're people that are listening, yeah, our message is not that these things hurt your your product in terms of productivity, like yeah. you're talking about. It's yeah. not going to be something that hurts you. And on the other end, we're not saying don't ever go do any camps or any skills training or use any toys. Or we're not saying either of those two yeah. things. We're saying you need to contextualize what is the actual reason that some of these players are the players that they are. It's yeah. not because they did pep or three-on-three three yeah. or power tech or whatever. It's that they had multiple things about them that made it yeah. work because yeah. there's way more kids that do all of these training systems that don't go anywhere, and that's yeah. all we're pointing out. So if you want to go do a pep camp, that's fine. We're not saying don't go do a pep camp. Yeah. But don't think that that's going to be the reason that you turn into Connor McDavid or well, let's, whatever. Let's take. Let's just take two of these, three of these things, okay? And, and beat it to death just for a second. Yep. Not to death then, just beat yep. it a little bit. <laughs> if you put if you put actual thought into PEP or let's not call it PEP, let's say PEP or just stick handling, that type of stick handling, you pylons or whatever toys are on the ice, jump through, stick through, you know, a little bit of pattern and stuff. If you were to train only that, then you would have no knowledge of how to play hockey. You would be good until guys can keep up to you and angle you off and hit you and, and any systems are put in place because that shows you how to skate through things fast, right? That's what, it's, that's what you're doing. So if that's all you did, that's, you'd be probably good at that until you're not. 
right? If you only played cross ice three on three in small area games, then you wouldn't understand how plays develop, and you, you'd probably be pretty good in tight. But when you're not in tight or without the puck, then then what? Right? That's a bigger ice. Yep. Right. And if you only went in your backdoor or backyard rink like Gretzky as a little kid, then you're not getting enough skating, right? So obviously, what my point is is that if you focus on one thing and one thing only, and you put your faith into one system like that, then you're 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 not benefiting from what true hockey is. So I think if, if this is a side note now, I think if you look at like a development model for yourself is there's there's you've got to be able to you don't have you should work on your skating and there's all I did a thing on that there's all kinds of different skating your quickness your agility your uh, transitions your speed yeah, all, that, yeah. all those different things you're turning um so you should be able to stick handle you stick handle with um with speed tight areas loopy stuff right you should understand how to play the game so all your training should incorporate something like that mm-hmm. having said that when you're six or 12 or 10 it's probably not important to understand the game as a whole like putting specific skills into games mm-hmm. it's it's probably more important just to have good feels for the pocket stuff yeah. but once once you get to 12 13 14 the game becomes like more of a chess match or you have to understand the game to make you a better player then you want to include you know how do I, how do i do you know whatever how do i how do i execute a 3 on 2 yeah. and a 2 on 1 or a back check that's that's what makes you a better player so yeah well the t- the key on that is the Things being game transferable, and this yeah. this is another thing as a side note to your side note. Sometimes when <laughs> when when people will call sometimes and they'll when they talk to me about what their kids are doing, a lot of them go to different places to do different camps and stuff like that, and they'll say it to me a little bit defensively or reluctantly because they know that we also run camps for things. Yeah, yeah I get it. And that you know they think that this person's better at one thing or the other thing or yeah. whatever, and. That's totally fine. Yeah. Like you should be going and trying different things. Yeah. That's fine. You shouldn't just listen to everything one person yeah. is telling you. And we're included in that. If you think we have all the right answers, you should be questioning what we say and go yeah. figure out what actually works. Yeah. So it's not that you can't go try other things either. But the problem is when people aren't getting back to that point of does this actually work in the game now? Yeah. So if you're really good at doing twists and turns and stick handling through cones and all that kind of stuff, especially as parents, if you're not if you haven't played and you don't know what's actually applicable to a game, it can look like you're getting making all this progress. So look out, look how good my kid is at 10 and two turns and all this kind of stuff. But can you go do any of that, any of those skills? Do they actually apply in a game situation yeah. when it's not just a tire on the, on the ice, yeah. you know? And this is, yeah. that's what ends up separating us here yeah. when yeah. kids get older is because they come here and we actually put them and we teach them in a system through the yeah. summer yeah. to apply skills in yeah. a position where they can actually use it in a yeah. game. Yeah. 100%. You know, so that's, that's what is important about all this type of stuff. It's whether you're going to use pep or three on three or whatever yeah. as mom and dad, or as the player, even you need to ask yourself, do I get to use this, these skills I'm learning in a game at some point? So if you're someone yeah. who's weak at stick handling, you obviously have to go work on your stick handling, but at a certain point it needs to be introduced back into a game setting. Otherwise, yeah. you'll never be able to apply the skills you're learning, and you can yeah. go do your cones till you're 16, and you'll never see any result on the ice because you haven't learned how to apply any of it in the game. Yeah, you know. So yeah, 100 percent. Side note to your side note. No, that's but that's exactly yeah. what I was trying to trying to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you say things better than I do, <laughs> and that's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so the, the, another thing, the recipe is not like this is where people think that is really important. I can't tell you how many people said, like, what kind of skates? What do you think of these skates? What do you think of this stick? What it's not is having the best skates or stick 
Um, it's just not like Charlie. We used to we used, when I used to buy skates. Now he's he's got another pair coming in. Eh? He's custom. Does he? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the true now. He had the CCM. Now True's making him a pair, and he's got his. Why is he getting skates? Um, just because he can. Yeah, because he can. And cool. and these he goes, these are nice, Dad. These are nice. But anyways, he's earned that now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wasn't as a dad because I played. Like, this is what we have to remember. Like people argue with me, right? Yeah. Well, why? I'm looking at the Bauer. Comparing to the CCM, the CCM's got the jet speed, rebound, uh, double rebound, triple reflex, uh, rocket ships on the back that, uh, you know, extra light, uh, springy tongue. uh, There's a title this long to make you skate better. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I used to, when, when, when Charlie was a kid, well, up until he got drafted, we would go and we'd go to the... Go to Pranny's. Yep. Graham, can I get the last year's model of that? So they're, let's say they're $800 skates or $1,000 skates. Last year's model, two levels down or one level down. So the $1,000 skate would cost me $300, yep. right? In the $300, what it didn't have is it didn't have the thick tongue and the plastic this and didn't have all the fancy stuff. There's no difference in the skate, except they probably will break down a little bit quicker, but... There's a good chance he's growing out of those skates, anyways. Right. And it, so, anyways, I saved myself at least five hundred bucks every time I bought a pair of skates, and it didn't matter. Right. It just didn't matter. And if you want to say no, it does matter that you need the best quality skate. No, it doesn't because all you have to do is go 10, 10 years back, take a kid ten years ago, so someone let's say twenty six years old now, your age. What were your skates like uh, ten years ago? Oh, geez, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I know that's my point. Yeah. And, and you go 10 years back and 10 years back and you got my skates. Yeah. That's when they, I came out when they came out with tuck blades for the first time. I was just, I think I was in Peewee. We used to have the steel blades, man, the tubes. Yeah. That's how old I am. <laughs> but when they came out, it was the coolest thing, but they've improved, improved, improved. But I can put on a pair of our 100s from old days and they're a little heavier stuff. I will still skate extremely well. Yeah. It's not the skate, yep. right? So people get caught up in that. That's not what it is. It's not the stick that gives you the extra, you know, it's lighter. It's got this technology. It's got a hole in the middle, all this stuff. It's, 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 I, I do feel like if you have a good stick, it helps your shooting, like a light weighted stick, like properly weighted. Yep. I think it can't help, but it's not making you. If you don't have a good shot, it doesn't matter anyways. Yep. If you have hands like uh, bricks, it doesn't matter anyways. So a funny story is Eric Wellwood. So if anybody doesn't know the name Eric Wellwood, Eric Wellwood uh, and his brother, Kyle, have both skated with me. Both played in the NHL. Two polar opposites. And I'm going to go into that after. Anyways, Eric was never played, speaking of the recipe, played in the NHL. Remember that. He played right here in this arena. It was A hockey until he was in Bantam. Once he went to ba- so he went here and he was scoring 100 and 100 some goals every, every year. Like 100, 100 and whatever. He'd get three, four, five goals a game. Mmm... Probably one of the fastest skaters in the world, and I'm not just saying that to say it. Yeah, like you take anybody in the NHL, Eric Well was that fast. Yep. And so, anyways, he went to play Bantam hockey, played AAA. Guess what happened? He was the top scorer in the league automatically. But we, when I'd go on the ice with him, he'd go, look at these, like he'd joke around. He was a cocky little shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was small. Yeah. And he goes, look at these guys. They're just stupid idiots. Like, look at the look at my stick, uh, coach. So he'd have like a piece of wood yeah. where everyone had the new technology, right? 
old skates, old stuff. His dad wouldn't do it. He's yeah. not. I'm not buying. I'm not spending money on that. And he goes. He loved it though. He loved it because look at these guys. They're spoiled rotten. And I'm the best. They player. can't keep up to yeah. me, man. I'm the best player. <laughs> yeah, he was like yeah. cocky about yeah. it, but oh, he would yeah. outscore him. So then he gets drafted in the OHL. Blah 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 blah. But he used to laugh. Yeah, him and his brother never had the good equipment. Yeah, just like I did with my son. Like he right. gave my son had a little bit of advantage because of some of my connections through the sport, but I didn't care about that. But anyways, that's not what it is. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Are mm-hmm. you gonna move on? Because I want. I was, but I go s- ahead. Just let me stay on the equipment for a second. So, because in a in a past podcast we were talking about the cost of hockey and yeah. how that's a real limiting factor now. It's Big because time. it's making it an elitist thing, how expensive things are. And in that podcast, I want to make sure this is clear because we were saying how the, having good equipment actually does matter. So, but there's a level yeah. and there's an age. So the reason when we're, t- we're talking about it here and you're saying it doesn't matter, the reason, the, the difference is that we're talking about in the ages when you're young, like a $300 pair of skates is still expensive, right? Oh yeah. We're saying you don't need the $1,000 pair of skates. No. 300 is still expensive. So our point still stands is that hockey is expensive and the equipment's a pain in the ass. So, yeah. But now in the context of using equipment that you are playing hockey, if you get the top model skates when you're 10, it doesn't matter. If you get two model, two years, and I was like this too. I didn't have my first composite stick until I was like 13 yeah. or 14. And it was yeah. a Vic Velocity. Does anyone know <laughs> the brand Vic? No. They're about eight bucks. Yeah, right? So that was my first one. And then my second one was the Steve Eiserman stick. Yeah. Like he came out with a composite oh, two-piece no stick idea. or whatever. I know. Those are my first two sticks. I didn't use the Synergy. I didn't use the Synthesis, the Z-Bubble. I, those were the big ones when I was a kid. I didn't use any of those. Stealth came out when I was when I was a little yeah. bit older. But I didn't use any of those until I was 13, 14, 15. Could actually shoot now. And yeah. now the better stick actually was yeah. helpful. Yeah. But even skates. I never got the top pair of skates. You know? So I just want to make make that point clear is the difference between those two conversations we were having. Yeah. So people don't say, well, you said equipment doesn't matter. Now you're saying it matters. This is the context that's different. If you're 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. when you're going to grow out of your boots in a year anyways, yeah. having the top of the line skates isn't consequential. If you get two models older from last year yeah. or two models lower from last year, they're still good skates, man. Yeah. Well, I, used to get, be okay. I used to get equipment from uh, Brett back home. He played for the Peterborough Pizza in Ottawa, 67s. He was two or three years older than me. Yeah. His dad and my dad worked together. My dad was a butcher and he was the store manager. Yeah. And um, so Brett would pass his stuff down to me. Yeah. And um, I used to wear this old crap and I used to get skates every year because I needed them. And we'd go, and, and sometimes gloves. Yeah. So we'd go to the DeMarco Brothers Sporting Goods in Sudbury, go downtown, couldn't wait. I'd go to the, I'd stop in there every day and just look at stuff and just dream as a oh, kid. Kids do that, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, then when it was time to get stuff, my parents would take me and I'd, I thought that's exactly what I did because I, I knew my parents couldn't afford it. So I'd go, uh, uh, can we try those? And my parents would, are you sure? Because they knew that it wasn't the best. Yeah. But I knew that they, it was really stretching it to go more. It was just out of respect to my parents. And it yeah. was like, I'm sure they appreciated that. And I appreciated getting it. So I'd always get the knockoff. But hey. I did that too. Like maximum Got drafted edge. with a couple hundred <clears throat> points. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right? I, used to do, <laughs> I used to do that too. I went to, we used to go to Maximum Edge, which was a skate shop around here. Yeah. And they would sell, people could go donate or trade their skates there. Mm-hmm. So I would always get used skates. Yeah. From, and there was a guy, there was a guy that, used to sell the stuff out of his garage too. Okay. Like used older stuff. He, he would yeah. collect like older, older equipment. I forget exactly how it worked. I don't know. My dad would remember, but I remember I got my first, what I thought were like decent pair of skates were CCM tacks. 
and they were brutal. <laughs> they were yeah. like relative to top of the line yeah. standards. But yeah. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I was like, yeah, these are cool. They're yeah. good. They're new. Like these are, well, uh, you know. And this is something that that um, kind of proud that I stuck by this because I could have spoiled the shit out of my kid. Yeah, for sure. Like for example, like my wife would say, and I was saying that to the couple last night. I said, you know, I even as a dad that's been playing hockey since his two, since coached, played, and and trained all these guys. I, you think you know. And there was a point where my wife was like, well, don't you, all the other kids got to play spring hockey. Do you want to just, he should have the opportunity. And I went, maybe I am denying him something. Like, cause you get caught up in it, right? And I said, no, 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 no. Because these kids were playing for Team Canada, which is not Team Canada and all the new equipment and stuff. And my point, I kind of got off tangent there, but my point of that is like, when my son got drafted, like I told him, if you're going to play, if you're going to go play hockey in Europe, it's because someone's paying you to do it, not me. You know, that's what a lot of the spring hockey did, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying you to have a pretend Canada jersey. You earn that. You get to go and I'll be the first one to watch, right? So when he got drafted and he got fitted for his skates, like in the middle of the summer, custom-made skates with his name and his number on it, now it was special. Right. Now it was like, wow, like he didn't even try skates on. They just scanned it. And he's got skates that are the perfect fit and another pair. And, and he's getting all these things. That's the the reward for actually doing the work, right? And then it becomes very special. It's not just like, yeah, I need that. These aren't good. You, you're building more excuses. Than, and there's a lot of that, man. There's a lot. So yeah. like this is another reason why you just you want your kids to earn it. Don't give them too much. Anyways, I got way off topic. Right. I want to go back. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so it's not the skates, Charlie, best model, blah, blah, blah. It's not spring hockey or extra clinics or your coach or, not, or having an agent. Those are not what make is the recipe. It's, it's not that. It's not getting uh, to the AAA level at a perfect time. You know, is it 12? Is it 10? If I don't get in now, is it going to be too late? Is it, if I get in, in Bantam, is that good enough? Like, yeah. I think I get in early. Coach needs to be the best coach. I got to go where the best coach is. This stuff does not matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What it is about, it's about you. It's about you loving the game. It's about you competing. It's about doing whatever it takes despite having, is it despite or in spite? Despite. Despite. Despite having the best equipment, the best coach, the best circumstances, the, the all the amenities that you could ever want. It's not that. It's not that. It's not a perfect world. It's not just not the way it is. It's about you wanting to do it, learning, improving, being your best and doing whatever it takes, whatever that means. Um, and you're, you're, you know what you're doing, it, it, having, having the desire and doing all those things I just said, the love, the compete, the doing whatever it takes, the learning, the improving, the practice properly, the thinking about all that kind of stuff, working out, doing extra runs, all this stuff. Even when you do all that, it still might not be your time. It might not come as early as you want. You might have to keep at it for till you're 22 instead of 12. Right. So that's the part that. That's the part that that is going to help you make it. There's no other reason, no other thing. It's not having the perfect parents. It's it's about you. It's just strictly about you. How bad you want it. Yep. And then if you have talent, or I don't want to say it that way, you have to have a certain level of talent to get to to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything to that? Uh, I want to go talk about a little bit about the parents because you've mentioned a bunch of different examples there of agents and spring hockey and all this stuff and. What I was saying when we were talking last night 
and we've said this before, but there can be a lot of noise, especially if you're parents that don't know what to do, which most parents won't know what to do. Even if parents sound like they know what to do or they think they're doing the right things or whatever, most of them don't know. And there's a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of things coming at you from different ways. Like, oh, he's got to play spring hockey. He's got to do this. I have this agent. I'm going to this tournament. I'm all this kind of crap. And what I was saying last, it's so funny because I'm literally repeating everything I said last night, but it can appear like what you're doing is making the difference when you're the parents and the kids are young. So if you go to the spring tournament and your kid is a pretty good player and now he gets invited to other spring tournaments or to play on the Marley's spring hockey team or whatever, Mm -hmm. things like that can make it seem like you're giving your kid an advantage and you actually might in the short term. It might be a short term because they're playing a little bit more hockey or they're playing with a little bit better players or yeah. they're getting some development advantage. Is a lovely one to be a star this is, and this is what my point is, right? It can appear like what you're doing is working because yeah. your kid's the best when they're Pee Wee or Adam or whatever age group you're or, at. Or you can afford to bring them. Or you can afford it or whatever. And a lot of times if your parents like the ones we were talking to, you might think, Let's say, for example, you can't afford to do the spring tournament. Now you feel like your kid is missing an opportunity, like you were saying, because all these other kids seem to be doing the spring tournament or whatever. So what my, my point when we were talking about yesterday is, again, you can think that your decisions as mom and dad are making the difference, and it might look like it up until it doesn't anymore. Yeah. So you talked about this a few episodes ago, I think, is that when Charlie moved away playing in the OHL, you now have no more input. There's, there's very little that you can do. So if it was you that was pushing your kid along all this time at the day that even, and let's say, let's say your kid gets drafted and you think that it's because of all the extra shit you did as mom and dad. Now it still doesn't matter now. So he's 15, 16, he's going to move away or he won't make it or whatever. You can't help him. There's nothing you can do. So now what, what is actually inside your kid now? That's actually what's going to come out. Yeah. So if you paid for all the great equipment and you paid for all the extra tournaments and extra training and all this stuff, and it seemed like you were getting ahead for those five years of minor hockey, six years of minor hockey, it's still going to come to an end when they hit that draft year age group. Because even now we see the kids that didn't get drafted last year that are now playing midget or that are not, didn't even make the midget team or whatever. They're all going to start over the next two years now. They're going to all drop like flies. All of them are going to be done playing hockey and there's going to be two, three, four kids. Yeah that are still left playing yeah. of that age group. 100%. So all those spring hockey tournaments, all that extra training, all the extra money, all this crap turned out to not matter. Even though at the time it seemed like the dad whose kid was going to all the tournaments was the thing to do. That was the move. You needed to be yeah. doing that. And it's just not true. Yeah. So I just want to point that out again because you can, again, like I said at the start, you can find the kid that did all the spring tournaments that made it and went and played in the OHL and played in the NHL. You can find the kid that did all the spring tournaments and didn't get shit and quit when they were 17. Yeah. You know, and that's, that just does not matter. So don't get caught up. If you're the reasonable parents, like the ones we were talking to yesterday, and you're just genuinely wondering, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Don't let the noise of everything that's going around deter you or think that you're making a mistake there's no mistake there's no consequential decision that you're making when they're 12 or 13 or whatever about spring hockey or any of that and again just like when we were talking about the pep stuff i'm not saying you can't go do that stuff if it's within your means you can afford it you want to pay for an extra camp or pay to go to a spring hockey tournament or whatever yeah it's good that's fine fine. that's fine 
but don't it's just, get caught up. Yeah, don't get caught up. That's all I wanted to. Yeah, to well, that's stick that's on the that. biggest thing is you get caught up before we before we go for a pee break. Yep. and come back. I just wanted to finish on this one part about the no recipe. So we're going to go back to the Wellwood House. Yeah. Okay. So this is what this is what we mean about like if you think you're doing everything right as a parent, there's no recipe. So Kyle Wellwood, first round pick to the Belleville Bulls, smaller guy, five nine. Okay. His, the way he played hockey was like when he was a, a youth, I guess. I, I didn't see him when he was a youth because I wasn't around here. I guess it was he had the puck all game and went. And, in fact, when we had discussions, I, you know, so what, what's really stood out with him is he had pretty good skill. Him and I would do a lot of one-on-one stuff, right? He had pretty good, like very good skill. Looked like he never tried because he didn't. <laughs> he didn't work hard. Like, and and. and Kyle, you're listening to this right now. You, you'll laugh at this, but he did not work hard. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. But his skill level was very good. His give-a-shit give a meter was very low. His um, um, attitude was, I don't care. But, he was, but when he wanted to, and his brain was extremely high. So the game was slow to him. So what he did as a kid, his dad told him, don't pass. Well, you don't tell a kid that. I heard a guy, if, if, if anybody heard someone tell their kid, don't pass, you'd lose it on that guy because your kid's on that team, right? Don't pass. So I said, what was, your, what was the reasoning for that? It was because he said, don't pass until you absolutely have to. I said, okay, tell me why. It was what actually benefited me. Now, don't take this. This is not the way you want to play, but for him, it worked. Yeah. He had to learn to have a panic threshold of giving up the puck. Like He just learned that I could keep it. I could keep it. He started to learn... I can keep it longer than I want. And it benefited him. He ended up being an OHL scoring champion. Then he played, um, I forget the exact amount of years. He did not work hard, but he still played, let's say, seven to eight years in the NHL. Toronto, Arizona, Winnipeg, San Jose. Okay. Amazing. But it was and World Juniors and all that stuff. Amazing hockey player, but the, always was the knock on him is, my God, he doesn't care. He just doesn't try. That was Kyle Wellwood. Right, and then when he went to the NHL, he took found his money and he found places to put it, and he played in Europe and put his money away. And he's he doesn't care about hockey. He loves he's, he he understands it, but he doesn't love it. Eric's the little brother, probably I think it's like almost a ten year gap. Really? Mm, yeah, it's almost a ten year gap. Oh, maybe an eight year gap. Well, that's almost ten. <laughs> so Eric was a skinny, smaller kid. Yeah. That could fly. Like Eric didn't have, or uh, Kyle didn't have like all out speed and stuff. He knew, but he could turn it on. But Eric was like fast and a hard worker, not skilled like that at all. Choppy, um, but just so determined, right? And he didn't move to AAA till later. And then he went there and he played well. Just his speed is what did a penalty kill. He goes in the, so he gets drafted in the fourth round and he's, he's not making it his first year. He shot a puck like a little girl. <laughs> seven-year-old girl right yeah. and uh but he worked hard 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 and uh he was dedicated and he would go to the gym and he was like ripped like he was ripped man like a skinny tight every piece of sinew sticking out of his body yeah. that you could imagine like when he when he wore his when he wore uh pants and a shirt he just looked like he was just that's an athlete, an athlete. Oh, that's yeah. an athlete man and uh and it was all about hard work and then he he made it a second year he never played one Power play in three, four yeah. years in the yeah, OHL. The best OHL Still scored time. 30 goals a year, <laughs> but that was all on five on five. Yeah. Penalty kill, doing the hard minutes. 
Then he got drafted his last possible year in the sixth or seventh round of Philadelphia. Then he goes out and plays, play, makes the Philadelphia Flyers, and then he severs his ankle in a, in, in a game, and that's the career ender. Yeah. Um, my point is, right? Same household, same household, two complete different styles, two complete different people. Uh, Dad was probably coach, trying to, like he coached at home a little bit sort of thing, but probably told him different things. But his dad was like kind of a philosopher, gave him principles, right? Yeah. Like if you stick to it long enough. Like an analogy Eric told me, he goes, my dad told me, he goes, just keep working. If you stick to this long enough, it's like going to a movie. If you wait in line long enough, someone's going to leave the movie and eventually you get your, your, your shot in. And he used to tell him things like that all the time. So he took it and he cared. But you had one that didn't care, one that it meant everything to him. There was no other option in life. One that didn't work, one that worked his, his ass off. One that uh, had had like just a hockey brain that could think it and go do it slow. This guy had to do it at mock speed at all yeah. time, right? Completely different, and they both make the NHL. So there's your recipe. There is none. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a great it's a great okay. example, man. Um, finishing up, even though it might take a little bit longer than we need to. No, it's not too bad. No rush. Finishing up, okay, when we, we talked about our friend that was talking about his son being a defensive for, uh, defensive defenseman and is it going to actually young. matter? Yeah, young defenseman and stuff like that. Is it going to matter? Is it going to matter? Like, they don't look for that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it does, it does matter. See, the thing is, is, as you said earlier, is like it's when you're young, um, and I'll use a defensive forward, defensive, whatever, just someone that's not the flashy guy. Um, I would say, yeah, you need to just, you know, encourage your kid to, you know, don't, don't take what he's not and, and beat them up on it. Take what they're very good at and enhance it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously if a kid could score a ton of goals, that's what minor hockey looks at, right? You're a star. If you're a minor hockey star, you're getting points. Minor hockey good. though. Yeah, minor hockey. That's, ho- that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I would encourage like someone that is not a points guy is he's a defenseman. So, and I, and I told him this before, I said, this is great. Work on three things to work on learning how to gap, like focus on this because no one else is doing it. Right. No one else is doing it. Learn how to make that first pass or getting it out of your zone every single time. Like that's what you focus on and work on having a good stick. So no one ever scores on you. And then you add boxing out, add whatever. And you get, you'd be the best at it. And if you're the best at that young and you continue doing that all the way up, and this guy's a pretty big guy, his kid's probably going to be, the kid's a little pretty big boy, he's probably going to be like a really good defensive player. And that doesn't mean that you can't work on skating and stick handling and shooting because, in fact, as you get better and older, that might translate into a little bit more offense. But, 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 if you look at the, the world of hockey, Everybody, like you said the other day, everybody wants to look at being the superstar. But do you want to be a superstar or do you want to be a hockey player? Most of you aren't going to be a, a superstar. So someone that's a defensive, like isn't a natural point getter, the little things in hockey that, that aren't getting all the glory all the time are going to be the things that are actually going to be your benefit as a 15, 16, 17, 25-year-old, 30-year-old. That's what's actually going to be what they need. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So... Work on your mobility. Work still work on your sh- skating and shooting and stuff like that. But work on your defensive side, your mobility, uh, not getting scored on, and, and and your value will go through the roof at at some point. Yeah. So th- that that point that I made the other day, I forgot that I said that. Actually, I want to touch on that again. Yeah. Um, 
people, I ask, I, this is the question that I, most kids need to answer for themselves yep. is, do you want to be a hockey player or do you want the prestige, glory, and notoriety that comes with being a superstar? So if I could offer you, if I could offer you, hey, do you want to be LeBron James or do you want to play in the NHL? If right. your answer is, I'd rather be LeBron James, yeah. then you don't want to be a hockey player. Yeah, you just want to be a superstar. You just want to be a superstar, right? You just want to be, and that's not a perfect analogy, but that's that's the idea, right? So if I can, if I'll offer you be it like the fame and fortune piece, which is something that everyone thinks they want, or I'm offering you the thing you're saying you want. You're saying you want to be a hockey player. So is it you want to be a hockey player or is it that you want to be a superstar? Because yeah. those aren't the same thing. And if it's the superstar thing, then 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 probably don't even go <laughs> well well and th this is what i'm i'm questioning the motivation now yeah. right so if you want to be a hockey player then there's a lot of ways to be a hockey player it, it doesn't you don't have to be Connor mcdavid yeah. but if what you want is to be Connor mcdavid because he's a superstar yeah. well that's not the same as wanting to be a hockey player necessarily right. yeah right so there's a lot of things you can do because most of the guys that play in the nhl are not Connor mcdavid obviously yeah. but they know how to play the game properly they know how to live the lifestyle of a hockey player they know how to do the things that it takes to play that sport professionally so yeah. if that's your framing, I want to be a hockey player. Just ask yourself that question. If your mom and dad, you can ask, your, ask that kid or your, your kid that question too. Yeah. So when you, like, bud, when you want to say you want to be a hockey player, what do you mean? Like, why do you want to be a hockey player? What part of it? Yeah. It's like, well, they get to do interviews and they drive cool cars and they have nice houses and all that stuff. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't have a lot to do with hockey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why do you want to be a hockey player? And that's what you can start to do because if they say they want to be a hockey player for the right reason, yeah. now you can start to learn the game because yeah. it's about actually playing the game properly because you say this all the time, it doesn't become hockey until you're 16, 17, 18, you're playing junior and you're in yeah. a system and it's a business now and yeah. all that's when it becomes how hockey is in real life. Yeah. You know, minor hockey is just a fun thing to develop. Yeah. You know, so use this as a tool to start to learn the game properly. That can be your motivator. It shouldn't be that you want to be the sexy superstar. That's not what the motivation should be. Yeah. You know, and if you end up landing and being one of the superstars, yeah, that's awesome. Great. Shoot for it. Yeah, but if you love hockey, then what happens is when you go to your first year of junior where you, you got drafted, maybe you got 50 goals the year before in midget. You go to junior and they say, okay, we need you to penalty kill and, and you're on a fourth line. You don't sit there and say, well, this is, I'm done. You go, oh, okay, I'll kill penalty because it's an important part of hockey. That's where you have to understand hockey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to go with going back to sometimes the glory guys shine later, right? And you need glory guys. Yeah. Like you, or, uh, you need the, the, the glue of the team, not just the glory guys, the, the point getter. So one example that comes out to me right away is uh, Sebastian Gervais, who we train. Yeah. So 12th round pick. Do you realize now in the OHL, his dad and I were laughing about that, he's got more goals this year in the OHL as a 16-year-old 12th round pick than he did in midget. Yeah. He was not the best player on our team in midget. Yeah. And, and 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 midget like but 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 he 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 signed with Saginaw and he they liked him not because he put the puck in the net. Right? Yeah. Because everybody at that camp was trying to go through guys and Everybody wanted to be Connor McDavid or everybody wanted to look like the high-skilled guy. But what he did is he worked really, really hard. And he did his little things. Little things. Called that. winning a face-off. Called finishing a check. Called getting sticks in the right place. Defensively also, responsible. Defensively responsible. Caring about that side of the thing. And when coaches see that, 
that's something that they don't have to, they know that that, okay, I, that, that stuff's there. Everything else will be a bonus. So they looked at him as, okay, there's a guy that we can put in our system that's going to do the grunt work, the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Signed him, and, and look, at, he's got more points than, and more points than several rookies in the league. Well, and, and this is to your point that you made earlier about that can transfer into offense later, mm-hmm. right? So he's comes in. Especially at higher levels. Especially at higher levels because yeah. you know how to play the game yes. now. Right. This is, this is right. what the whole point is. Yeah. If you, like I was saying, the minor hockey kid that can just skate through everybody and score, that's not real hockey. Yeah. Even, even Connor McDavid can't do that every time he has the puck. No. He's not just going end to end. Yeah. He does the odd one. You see it on the highlights because yeah. he, he's that good. But he's even a guy like him. He's not yeah. skating through everybody. That's not real hockey. That's not yeah. how it works. That's right. So Jerv goes in, probably a third or fourth line style player yep. in the way that he plays, defensive yep. responsibility, whatever. Yep. But what a good break. So he's on a team that isn't very good, a ton of opportunity as a rookie because they don't have a super deep lineup. Yep. They're not making a playoff run or anything yep. this year. And look at, he's playing third yeah. or first and second line. Yeah. He's getting a little bit of special teams yeah. and he's got 30 some point. Like this kid could be on the NHL draft list next year. Yeah. And, and the, you know? and the, 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 as of now, the staff, the coaches, the GM and everything love him. That's right. Cause he's coachable. He listens, he does his yep. job. He does what he's supposed he's to do. He's performing many, many people yeah. right now. And he, he and tries to do the right things, man. Yeah. So that's, that was an example that just sticks out to me. And it's like, there, I, I guarantee you, not that I've ever asked anybody this because I don't want to go there, but if I was to sit down with people that played with on Charlie and Jerv's team and Midget and Bantam, if they said, like, uh, I'd get the real opinion, they would sit there and go, I don't know how he made it and that my son didn't. I guarantee you that. And there for would sure. probably be three people. I, I, I Maybe I'm just I'm taking a stab at but for sure there'd be two, three people that say, I don't know how he made it and I didn't. Guaranteed. Yep. But what they don't understand is that he been doing these he always he always is a team first guy ever since i've known him we've been we talked about this team for three first years, he cared yeah. more if he got three goals and they lost he would honestly truly care that the team lost more than he scored three goals yeah be worried truly. about filling the bottles before yeah. the game yeah, yeah he'd take care of the team so like all those things are, are rewarding him right now and if he continues then that's gonna I, i'm sure it's gonna help him i look at charlie's team okay so the Guelph Storm, at the end of the day, like they have Pasta Job and they have Zilkin that are offensive guys and stuff like that, right? You need those guys. You have to have them. But at the trade do- deadline, they went out and got their three overages. Overagers are all mostly defense. I shouldn't say guy is. So they got Ashton Reeser, 6'4", hard, hard, hard to play against. Mm-hmm. A big body that he's like, I remember playing against those guys and it's like, um, they might may not even be talented as, enough, but they're just in your freaking way. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just thinking of that big. Yeah, they're in the guy way. That was just like yeah. you go around and their stick is always they, there they, and they're in your way and it hurts. They can reach dot to dot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge. yeah. And it's just the like way. they're in your way and they're heavy and they're just hard to play against. He doesn't get points, man. Like he's not doing anything fancy. In fact, if you don't really watch you if you're not really paying attention you go oh there's a big guy on that yeah. team i don't know his you name might not see him yeah. but he's so important to the team right there's uh um um Saprika that that came on their team he was he was uh a, a later addition right and he added that jam and that leadership too it's like he's got some skill but it's the same thing he's not out there to get points but you need that guy and it's like so valuable uh those are and, and walker right he's on that team and he's like for the first couple of years, it was just like defensive, like kill penalties and not just, 
Yeah, right? not, not just. just. I don't yeah. mean it that way. But like, if you don't have that guy, like you can't expect your top scorer to penalty kill like that. You don't win. Right. So the point is, and then Braden Guy that they just got on their team, he's a, a leader, and it's the same thing. Now there's a guy that finishes every hit, pretty much. He'll he'll if you if you need some fight like a, a scrap he'll get in one he's going to put some pucks in it does a little bit of everything but he's not a 50 goal scorer guy no. so when the parents are coming up through that up through the ranks and watching your kid because they're not getting the points it, it doesn't matter these are this is just a little bit of proof just in my small little circle of charlie's team and jur that later it'll come out that you're a hockey player and so anyways that's that and just to show you in the nhl I just use a couple examples. I started off with Florida because uh, I trained Aaron Eckblad. So there's Aaron Eckblad, but on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, there's Radko Gudis. So you got Aaron Eckblad that runs a power play. That is the offensive guy. You can still shut down and stuff like that because he's a superstar. Um, but you can't have all Aaron Eckblads or else you'd lose. So you need a guy like Radko Gudis that can defend and is tough and will smash people. To offset Aaron Eckblad, yeah. and then you go down right. the list. You got Huberto and Barkov that are there to get you your points and run power plays, and then you got Ryan Lomberg to check. And the thing is with all these guys is Eckblad makes eight million, Gudas makes uh, one or two, right? The guy still gets paid, man. Yeah, you still get paid, right? Uh, Tampa, you got Stamkos and Kucherov and Braden Point. Those are the guys you're getting your points. That's who's going to get your points. Hedman. Sergachev, right on the D on the D side, you got uh, Sergachev and uh, um, Hedman, and uh, I can't even go, uh, Cernak maybe is a D. You ever hear of him? No, but he's very valuable on their team. Yeah, right. There's it always offsets, right? You got McDavid and Drysaddle, but then you need Cassian yeah, to go it. hit guys into penalty kill and block shots and hurt themselves. Yeah, right. And 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 Derek Ryan, who you've never heard of, right? But he's on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, or. Devin Shore, who you don't know who that is, right? Yep. Because they're 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 glue guys, but they're still making a ton of money. Yep. Right. And the, the point is, is minor hockey emphasizes points, but scouts are not stupid, right? They're not stupid. The managers aren't stupid. They're looking more for more than that. Um, if you're just a if you're if you're not a, a point guy, be excellent at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't. So last thing I'm going to wrap up with on this is that I think one second. Um, I was just reading in Jordan Peterson book the other day is about in this in his second book he was talking about how people look at being at the bottom of the totem pole as negative and they complain and they just don't see any meaning in it. He was using an example of a waiter, and he and the, the waiter said, "I read one of your books and it said to take take yeah you, you're remember. starting where you're starting and take it very se- seriously because it opens doors. You're doing the right thing. You have to start where you start." He said, I took your advice and, you know, it's deeper than that. And he moved up this chain and became like a manager or whatever. Manager or whatever. And he sees his life opening up. And it's the same thing as a hockey player, right? When you go into the, you know, my son's doing it right now. He was a points guy. He was a hitter. He was the star of his team. He was drafted high. And now he's at the bottom of the barrel. So you can go to the bottom of the barrel and you can say, well, this sucks. And you don't find, you don't understand your significance and 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 not only the significance of the team, but what like, you need to figure out a way to contribute to the team, even if you're only getting five shifts a game. There's a way to contribute. Yeah. It might not be scoring a goal. It might be though, 
but it might not be scoring a goal. And you also have to take pride in, in understanding that at this higher level that I'm playing, I'm building my foundation again. And I want I need to do it excellent. I can't just do it half-assed and say, okay, next year is a different year. Let's get the hell out of here and move on. No, 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 no. You take the foundation and you build. You're not the most important guy on my team right now. So, or I'm not the most important guy on my team right now. So I've got to make myself important. So I know that, okay, he's not counting on me to score. So he's probably counting on me not to get scored on. He's probably counting me, to, counting on me to develop like getting pucks out, like the basics of hockey, good forechecks. Maybe if I hit a few guys, that might add something to the team. Maybe if I see someone get run a little bit, maybe I can tune the guy up and that'll bring value to my team. But if you sit there and whine and complain and say, oh, this just sucks, I don't want to be a first-year guy, I can't wait till next year because then it's going to be better, then I can get my goals again, you're missing the whole point. And then two, three, four years down the road when you're not playing in the NHL because you complained and you didn't actually understand your foundation and how important that is, then you complain about not playing the NHL. Oh, the world was against you. you. Didn't have the right coach. They didn't use me properly. Yep. And everybody in the world is stupid. Well, sometimes it's not everybody else. Sometimes it's you. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. So be the best at it. Like, and, and I told that to my son. If my, if he, you be the best fourth liner that you can be. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll get to the third. But if you don't get to the third or second line, it doesn't matter. Be the best fourth liner because if you are the best fourth liner on your team you may end up being the best fourth liner in the OHL and you might be the, uh, your, your role for the rest of your life might be in the NHL as a fourth liner. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. You know, for sure. But, but now, and if you take being the best fourth liner, you could possibly be a good young energetic guy that improves and improves. Well, then you probably are going to move up, but now you made yourself more valuable because now you can play on the first line or the second line on the power play on the penalty kill. Uh, shutdown minutes, overtime minutes, four on four, three on whatever. Yep. And it's very, very important. So, um, yeah. So in youth hockey, people tend to forget being great at 10, 12, 14. It's just doesn't, it's not necessarily going to translate to being a good junior or a good pro. Um, some people are just physically mature, as you said, bigger, faster, stronger. Everything evens out. Goalies aren't as good. So I, we were That's talking sure. about that with a couple last night. Charlie used to, when he was in Adam, he got a couple because he had a good shot, really good shot. He scored a couple goals from center ice, and one was an overtime goal, won the game. It's not a real goal, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Seriously. people were like, whoa, he can shoot. This guy's just, no, he's not a, got a good shot. That yeah, shot from just inside in, inside the red line. The goalie's this tall. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a real goal. Right. At the time, it was the best thing ever, but it's not a real goal. So if you, if you take those highlight moments and actually say that's what a hockey player is. It's not. And uh, in youth hockey, a lot of times you're playing against watered-down hockey, right? So yeah, if you're, I, a good, if you're a really good player and you're playing against, okay, let's just say, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're playing against a, if you're a guy in a, in a, going in the draft and you're like a top three-round pick, let's say, and you're playing against a team that has one, guy rated in the seventh round possibly and no one else really rated well it's not really a competition yeah right you're playing against watered down players that you'll never play with against, yeah so well the one one thing i want to stick before you finish there is uh you were talking about how minor hockey focuses on points too how what minor hockey the focus is always on points like yeah. that that goal wasn't a real goal no it wasn't a real so, goal so you got to keep keep in context the 
actually playing hockey properly when all things are even. That's what yeah. the, that's what the, when real hockey starts is when all things are even developmentally, the kids are all in the same ballpark. That's when hockey actually starts to be hockey. Or you're at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, no, right. But, but I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that when like Charlie, if he goes on against the, uh, the first line for the London Knights, yep. that line is better than their line. But they can still hang in the in the conversation. Yep. It's not like they're out of their out right. of their realm or anything, right? right? Yeah. So that's when hockey starts to be hockey. Yeah. When everything evens out after all the boys hit puberty, everyone's growing at the same yeah, rate now, and 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 that's that's what it's about as you get older. But the emphasis on points when you're young. We got two kids that we got the news about them. I'm I want to share it so bad, but yeah. <laughs> I gotta wait. Gotta wait till it's official. I know. Official. But these guys, if you looked at their points so they're getting recruited by all kinds of teams and they don't even have a point a game in their league right now they don't even have a point one of them might have a point a game the other one is definitely under a point a game so if you look at these guys just on paper you're just like what do what do we what do we have to look at here like what is they're not doing anything that spectacular and it's just to to your points about the scouts like they're not dumb man when they come to watch they're not just looking for points they're looking if can they play can they actually play the game properly and then they can project their development all that kind of stuff so it's important to keep that context Nothing actually matters until hockey is actually hockey. And yeah. hockey isn't hockey until everyone is in the same is on the same relative playing field. Yeah. That's when it actually starts to you can actually start to see who's gonna be a player and who's yeah. not. You know, yeah. the goal from the red line doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> you know? That doesn't count. So that's my ending piece there. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I'm good with everything. Um for the def- yeah, no, I don't want to talk about anything else. It's good. Good to leave it's it. It's good. Yeah, it, it's cool. good. Well I know we we uh this this episode is going to be a little repetitive because the, the point, like we were saying again, is if you think there's going to be any consequential decisions, especially when you're 10 or 11 or 12 as mom and dad, we just gave you an hour and a half worth of examples of how it's not the case, yeah. you know? So folks, if you're mom and dad, just focus on giving opportunities, supporting your kid, think about the environment that they're in. And if you're a kid, you just got to work, man. You got to work. And as you start to get older and develop, then you're going to get into how to play the actual game properly, right? Okay, so we'll leave it there until next week.